0: And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. I was watching Forrest Gump recently and it got me thinking about how much we really don't have control of our lives in the beginning. You know, when Forrest is sitting on the bench, he says, Mom always told me life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Like, I get that. I'm sure you get that too. For us as children of traumatic households who went through abuse, who suffered, that box of chocolates is something that I'm sure you would agree with me. We would much prefer not to have. And as I'm watching that film, I just kept thinking like, The parable here is, here is this person who was born into dire circumstances and yet found a way to do something incredible with his life. Right now, obviously, if you look at it, it's almost poetic in a sense, right? Because at the beginning of the film, you have tragedy. Right. You have Forrest going through massive abuse, massive trauma, bullying the whole nine. And then suddenly he's like saving people in the Vietnam war starts a shrimping company, like as the fastest man in the world or runs the longest marathon of all time or whatever that scene is catches, you know, becomes an incredible football player, meets the president, a sponsor for Coca-Cola invents the smiley face t-shirt. Like, all these things are happening. And I couldn't help but, when I was watching this again, thinking to myself, this is life. Like, no matter where we start, there is always an opportunity for greatness. Now, it may not seem like that because of the forest for the trees. Sometimes you're just in this so much, you can't see possibility. You're in the pain, the suffering, the hurt, the abuse, the traumatic circumstances of the past. You're effectively trapped in those memories. Until you're not. Until you break free. It's very much like when Forrest breaks free of the shackles that are on his legs from, I guess they're not shackles, the, I don't even know what they're actually called, but the braces, excuse me, there we go. he breaks free of the braces. It's like, boom, he is a different human. And at some point, my friend, you're going to have to break free of the braces. You're going to have to break free of the trappings of your past. And in today's episode, we're going to hear from three incredible trauma survivors who have been able to do that in their own lives. Three guests who have previously been on the show in today's compilation, where we talk about how to really, truly transform trauma into triumph. First, we're going to hear from Sue Bowles, who is a certified life coach and speaker. She's an author. She's a speaker and she is a survivor of rape, of suicide attempts, and even a massive eating disorder. And her entire journey has been predicated on one thing. And she said this quote and it really struck me. You only have to be a step ahead to help the person behind you and her becoming that person and writing the book, This Much I Know, The Space Between, Sue has helped transform the world. You also hear from Joey Braun, who is the host of a podcast called Mind Shape, which is an incredible podcast that helps people from around the world share their incredibly difficult life stories. And in fact, One of the stories that Joey shares is that at only 12 years old, he had a massive autoimmune disease. He was bullied throughout high school. And he carried that trauma for over a decade. And then he started sharing his story. He started helping people. He started using that trauma to turn it into triumph. And finally, Melissa J. Vogel. Who is an amazing friend of mine, someone who has been on the show before and someone who I have happened to be lucky enough to be a guest on her show and her story, her journey is absolutely incredible from sleeping on mice infested floors and child abuse to now being a keynote speaker, hosting workshops, writing books, and being an influencer and motivator for thousands of people around the world. I wanted you to hear from these three people today. Because much like Forrest and even you, when you're able to break free of the braces of life, the thing that holds you back and turn those breakdowns into breakthroughs, you truly become unbroken. And so with that said, my friends, I'm excited to get into today's episode. Please go on Apple podcasts, YouTube, or Spotify. Or wherever you are listening to this show and leave a review because every time you leave a review you're helping other people find the show and that means that you are playing your part of ending this generational curse thank you so much for being here my friends i'm excited for today's show and without further ado when you step into that level of grief it's like okay good you can you can mourn the loss of the thing that you didn't have because I think unfortunately it's like, you know, what I used to say going back, I'm I'm painting a picture here, going back to this idea of the stubbornness, I would go, My childhood did it impact me. Are you sure?
2: You're yes. really lying on to yourself.
0: Pounds, smoking two <laughs> packs a day, drinking myself to sleep. You sure? And so what I what I want to talk about and, and move into a little bit deeper mm-hmm. here is that place of acknowledgement in the beginning, right? For 15 years, you kept these secrets, right? right. And then longer, mm-hmm. you've gone through this process of healing. You, you're continually stepping into it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's some truth that the truth will set you free. And, mm-hmm. and I wanna go into that a little bit deeper here because I wanna know about the impact that going on this journey has actually had in your life. Mm.
2: wow. It has, uh, if you had told me eight years ago, I'd be doing today what I'm doing now, I would have laughed you off the face of the earth because I mentioned a retreat program I'm part of. I went into that first retreat calling myself the holy exception. I'm a Christian, so my life's based off the Bible. And I went in saying that everything in the Bible was good enough for everybody else but me. I was too screwed up, too far gone. I was a waste of space. I was imploding again and and I went in with that mindset and just through through the opportunity to be through the opportunity to be real and to kind of start taking taking off those masks and we talked a lot about having to forgive ourselves and that's a hard part that's that's a critical part of this healing and the grieving you talked about needing to grieve our stories I did not realize how much loss my story has. In, in some of this, I, I learn about myself the more I speak. You know, when, when I say I didn't have a chance to have a normal childhood, that's more of a realization that's come up in the last year. And I, I think I knew that, but I didn't know how to put words to it. But it starts making more sense. So I, I think that the whole grief journey is a critical part of our stories. That cannot be bypassed. I had different times where I just totally lost it. My greatest fear was realized and my greatest fear was shattered all at the same time. My greatest fear, and probably the same for many of your listeners, if I tell somebody, I'm going to cry and I'm never going to stop. And that was my greatest fear. And yeah, I cried. And I cried hard. And I'm like heaving, mm-hmm. crying for 10 minutes. And yet that circle of friends you talked about came beside me. They knew what was going on. And they just they just loved me and accepted me and let me cry. And they grieved with me. And then my greatest fear stopped. I did st- Because at some point in time, that well of grief will empty. It may not fully empty. there's still... Little things like now, you know, when it comes back, but it's not a debilitating grief. It's more of a sadness and a thankfulness for the healing that has happened. I never want to be disconnected from the emotion of everything I have gone through because I disconnected myself emotionally for decades, for over four decades because again, I just went in to recover from an eating disorder in 2016. So I had all that time where I didn't know how to deal with emotions. I never want to disconnect again. But because of the hard work, those emotions don't overtake me to the point that I can't control them. The, the anger I feel at the injustice that was done to me is no longer rage. I have reached a point, and for some, this feels sounds really weird, but I have reached a point where I am able to have compassion against my rapist. Not everybody gets to that point, but I get I'm able to get to that point now because my situation happened in the early 70s. Rape was not on the radar, it wasn't something be, to be discussed. No one knew to ask anything, and I didn't know to say anything. So, if it wasn't on the radar for me, what was Bobby experiencing where he acted out? That was an angle it took me a long time to get through and to get to. And not everybody gets there, and you're not expected to get there. That's just where I ended up with my work. But that is the power of grief, because until we own our story, We can't grieve our story. That first year retreat, that's what happens. I owned my story. I was in denial about my story. I hated my story. And I hated myself. And I didn't think I was lovable because I had no experience saying I was lovable. As far as I knew, nobody cared because they sure had a funny way of showing. And I left that experience of being around these people knowing that I had some value. But mostly. I, I learned to forgive, start forgiving myself. Not that I did anything wrong that day, but forgiving myself and letting myself off the hook for not dealing with it up to me. So, and, and, and healing, when Michael and I were saying that those first three years of healing are, this is what we mean. This is some of the stuff, the gut level stuff that has to be worked through in order to be able to start building on that foundation because you're not going to believe that you're worthy if you're still blaming yourself self for something. And you might be blaming yourself for something. That's a total lie, but it's truth to us because that's all we've ever known until we have other people in our lives come in and help shatter that lie and start speaking that truth to us. Because just like Michael said, it's the truth that sets us free and we have to set that story straight. We've told ourselves a story about what happened ever since it happened, but that story isn't fully accurate. And that's what has to get worked out. And that's where that gut-wrenching first few years comes in, because you're facing your story. And that means letting somebody challenge you to the different characters that are in it. And did this person really play that role? And what role did you really play? And and, and you and you, okay, so. For me, it came into blaming myself. I woulda, shoulda, coulda. I lived in woulda, shoulda, land for so long. And I learned that I was putting 50-year-old expectations on a seven. And I wasn't being there. I wasn't helping that seven-year-old little girl heal. That seven-year-old little girl was just, you know, thinking, hey, cool, there's something to see in the woods childhood curiosity but i had to forgive myself for that because again not that i did anything wrong but the story i had told myself is what was wrong and that's why i had to let myself off the hook so that i could then own the real story of what happened put the responsibility where it really belonged and continue to own that and then start feeling that grief so that I could work through that and finally realize that the rape was not my fault. That was the hardest homework my counselor ever gave me. When I first told her and we were first dealing with it was 10 times a day, look in the mirror and say out loud, the rape was not my fault. And up to then I had said, it wasn't my fault. And she's like, no, not it. Name it, the rape was not my fault. And the first two days it was, the rape was not my fault. The rape was not my fault. You know, Very dispassionate. And then I started changing, the rape was not my fault. The rape was not my fault. The rape was not my fault. And it became emphasis on different words. And now it's truth. I, it was true before, but now I believe it. That's some of the stuff that we're talking about.
0: I'm sitting with that because it, it brings to mind these moments in time in my own experience and, and many people I've seen in which, like, you have this, for lack of a better way to phrase it, this like coming to Jesus moment, right? Where you're like, oh, hold on a second, what is happening here? for you coming through that, like, what did that look like? I I would love if you would paint a picture of really kind of the next phase in this journey for you going from that mindset of victim into what was next, because there's that transition period, right? And I look at mine, it was three years for me, three years. So I'd love for you to talk about what that was like and the shift that happened in the journey for you.
3: Yeah. So let's see. So more backstory on this just to give the audience some more context so at the age of 25 that was when i quit my last freaking night job i worked up to four jobs putting myself through college while building a business because that was the only way i can do it um i'm a big fan of nf and he has a song called um options and it says i gotta make it or make it these are the options and i finally thought i made it i finally thought that i made it and literally three months later after buying the dream house and the dream car which i came from a very humble beginning so that was not like a gigantic car or a gigantic house but i finally thought that i made it three months later i was interviewing neurosurgeons couldn't remember how to get home i'm right-handed i couldn't open my hand all the way because of nerve damage my right foot was literally curling up and i was walking with a limp on it and i could barely remember how to spell my name and what they told me is you have Chiari malformation and for the audience is probably not super familiar about that because it's very rare and also they are just starting to finally be able to properly treat it. There's about five Chiari specialists in the United States that truly, truly specialize it or at least back then that was the case. Anyways, that means your brain doesn't physically fit in your skull and is beating into your skull every single time your heart beats. And I had a big, big pity party. I felt like a victim. I felt like I was cursed. I felt like it, everything was I felt like everything that I worked for literally meant nothing. Like I literally felt like I was just getting laughed at by the universe. It was like, screw you, Melissa, you're cursed. And I felt like that for a long time. I felt like that basically for the majority of 2015. But every single day I would try to get up and I would try to act like I didn't feel that way. I tried to go back to who I used to be. I tried to sit there and be like, okay, like I'm just going to pretend this didn't happen. And that just makes it worse. Every single time, because I wasn't coping with the emotions and the fact that I felt like I was not fulfilling my potential. I wasn't working through and understanding that all of these surgeries, because I had to get 12 of them back to back, all of these surgeries were painful, but the most painful thing was knowing that I could die spontaneously. And I gave up on my dreams. I wasn't confronting any of these emotions. And it wasn't until I started really, really going through and being like, okay, who you used to be doesn't exist anymore. You need to build the new version of yourself. That was the only pivotal moment that I could do something because every single morning I'd get up and try to act like I was who I used to be. And then I would black out and be bedridden for about two to three days because I was not able to even be up for more than three hours at a time. So that's what that transition looked like. It came to accepting it. it came to seeing other people with the same condition I had dying spontaneously that would give every single day. Second, that they possibly could to have the three hours I had with my ability to stand upright. And What was I going to do with it? Was I going to just flush it down the drain and be a victim? Or was I going to make something out of it? And that acceptance phase, going through the emotions and seeing that there are other people going through the same thing I was, that was the big transformation in which I realized, okay, what am I going to do with this adversity? What does it mean? I get to dictate what it means and everybody does.
0: And I think that... It's okay to be scared about that because it's unknown territory. And even today in this moment, you're doing something you've never done before for the first time. So like you can have grace, you can have empathy for yourself. But I think really, if you, if you want to step into what's next in your life, you've got to be willing to do the difficult things. And so one of the things that I that I appreciate about you, and I, I know that you've been able to do in, in having difficult conversations is starting your podcast. And one of the reasons that I did and created Think Unbroken is I was like, I want to put together the thing that I need for other people, that I need for me, that I need for the world. And, and, and in a sense, this is kind of right, because I'm always getting to learn from people. What do you think is One of the most important lessons that you've learned from other people in in your journey of healing
4: we've had a ton of people on the podcast you know it does it's the perspective of the world while we have our own worlds and it's important that we take care of ourselves it's also really really important to understand what's going on in other people's lives What other people deal with on a daily basis is going to be completely different. It could be similar, but a lot of times it's really different from what we go through in life. To be able to sit down with over 80 people now and hear stories about someone who was in a house fire, someone who uh, was sexually assaulted, someone who had cancer, someone who's going through chemotherapy, so many different stories. Someone who went through a huge um, weight loss campaign, lost a lot of weight you learn about what people go through mentally and physically and, and how they deal with the things in their lives. And it's so powerful to gain that perspective and understand that we all are going through something difficult. If someone's not showing that they might be a good actor, but we're all going through stuff on a daily basis. And it's important to have that perspective and understand that so we can show more compassion. There's other people, uh, it's huge. And, and like I said, there's this dichotomy because you said we have to be kind to ourselves and we also have to be real with ourselves. And that's a balance, right? You can't be so hard on yourself that you destroy yourself and you can't be so easy on yourself that you never go anywhere. So there's this balance that needs to be found. And when we say balance, I think people get confused that they literally have to balance it right now. I think with balance, you, you go one way and then you adjust to, to kind of balance it out, right? I went really hard on, really hard on myself. I got really hard on myself. Not just hard on myself, and like, I suck, right? It's hard on myself, like, hey, I don't like this about me. I, I don't like that. I don't like how I do that. Uh, I don't eat right. I don't stretch. I don't go to the gym. I don't run. I don't like that about myself. And I don't have I don't listen when other people I'm in conversations with people, I just talk about myself, those things like that self awareness, you build is 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 insane. It, it helps you grab control of of the life that you have. And inherently, we can only control us, we can't control other people. But what you said with the podcast with perspectives, it's, it's important to be able to step into other people's shoes and, and hear their stories.
0: think unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends, and until next time, be unbroken.
1: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
0: Hey, my friends. We will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching